Welcome back to another episode of Overcommitted. I'm Rachel Balducci, and I'm so excited that you're here with me today. So today we're going to talk about the reality of your life and the fact that God has a plan. And I think that this is such an important concept for us to get to the bottom of. You know, we're, we're looking at this concept of being overcommitted and the fact that sometimes our lives just feel out of control. We're just a rat running in a race. We're a hamster on a wheel. Like, pick the vision that works best for you. And it's like we have to get underneath this, the reality of our life, which is we can feel like we're running ragged and we feel like we have no sense of purpose almost because we have too many purposes. You know, and it's like, how do we start to manage all of these feelings? What's the core truth of our schedule? And we talked a little bit about, you know, this idea in the first episode of the core truth of our existence, which is we are made by God and he loves us and he knows that we exist. You are on God's radar. And the same truth applies to our schedule, which I know can seem silly. And I think this is sometimes where the struggle sets in is because we have a hard time believing that, you know, God cares about our calendar. You know, I've got this pink leather awesome day planner and I get so excited about picking that out every year. My sister-in-law and I text each other as we're trying to decide which one we're going to use. Um, you know, and it's so silly, but it's so important because this is our day. This is our life and it's all right here in this planner. And maybe you use your phone, maybe you use a piece of paper, you know, whatever it is that works for you, you have this thing. And so it's, you know, to me, my planner is an extension of my life. It's me. And then to make this connection, like, does God really care about this? And I think this is like just such an important key principle in tackling the idea of feeling overcommitted is really leaning in and accepting this truth that God cares about it. He doesn't control it because he gives us free will and our free will causes problems for us sometimes. So, you know, the, we need to kind of connect the dots here. I am made and known and loved by God, and I am a human being in a human body, and I'm a person who does a lot of different things. Um, and here's the intersection of sort of my divine, you know, who God made me to be and that I have this soul and I'm connected to God and I'm a human with all these practical things going on. And God is in the midst of it. So today we're going to talk about the fact that God has a plan. He has a a plan for your life that is unique to you, and it's something special that you're doing that only you can do. But I think sometimes the problem is we start to really put our worth in what we do, and this can create the confusion. It can create the overcommitment. It can create these feelings of being overwhelmed because we start to focus so much on what we do. And, you know, doing things is non-negotiable for just about all of us. Um, But I want to tell you real quick about a season where I was doing nothing and it was really hard. And the fruit of that in my life, how it caused problems for me down the road. I talk a little bit about this in my book. So when I was pregnant with our fourth son, so I was pregnant again for in five years, I was pregnant again. And it was really, you know, not that I was embarrassed to be pregnant, but what happened is I ended up having to go on bed rest. And I had three little boys, ages four and two and one. And because I had to be on bed rest for a couple of weeks, like solid, could not move, other people had to come in and watch my kids and make dinner for me and come clean my house. And it was super embarrassing. 
you know, that is a hard place to be because it's one thing for me to live my life and, you know, have my babies, but I can manage it. I'm not asking anybody to step in and care for the, you know, for me in the midst of the choices that my husband and I have made to be open to life. But then to all of a sudden be thrown this thing where I really couldn't do anything and to have neighbors and friends and family step in and care for me and come pick up my kids so that, you know, and watch my my little guys because we were at this stage where, you know, they couldn't have their eyes taken off of them or that would just cause a lot of problems for their safety. So, you know, this was really hard for me because my identity at that point was so much a busy young mama who just got the job done. I was on the go you know, in the way that it was working for my family at that time. On the go meant taking my kids to the park, you know, caring for my kids, feeding, keeping my house tidy, all the things that are a part of a day when you have a lot of little kids. And suddenly what I was doing was just laying in bed, which felt like just like the lamest thing ever. And I don't remember flourishing in that season. You know, it wasn't like I got to this point where I just accepted it and I was like, God has a plan and I just love where I'm at and I'm just so in the center of God's will. That is not how I felt. But what I learned in that season was to kind of put my pride at to the side and not be so wrapped up in my ability to do And I think that we kind of have to get to that point, um, even though a lot of us aren't necessarily going to have that happen on a regular basis. But I think when we have those experiences, it really does help us separate this difference between who we are and what we do. And this is a really important distinction to make because as humans, it's just very easy for us to allow our identity to be the things that we're doing. You know, even if we... Um, don't work outside the home. Like, you know, if you work outside the home, you might see yourself as a doctor or a nurse or, you know, a teacher or a lawyer or I work at this shop or, you know, any of the great many good things that are out there to do. And then if you stay home, you're I'm a stay at home mom, but I serve on this committee and I do these kind of things with my children. And very quickly, our identity kind of gets wrapped up in what we have to offer, so to speak. And that causes problems because that starts to be where, you know, we say yes to things because we're wrapped up in the things that we do sort of being who we are. I mean, and really just take a minute to think about that. You know, am I allowing the the things on my calendar, on my awesome leather pink, you know, yearly calendar to somehow tell me the core truth of my existence and my identity. You know, when I look at all the things I have going on, it makes me feel very good about what I'm doing. But if I'm if I'm relating who I am to that, then I'm going to say yes to things that I shouldn't because I'm, you know, I have this deep connection with what I do with my time being about who I am. And then when you can't do things, you feel shaken to the core. And I've had that experience, like I said, of kind of laying there in the bed and being like, well, what am I good for, you know? And and that's where we really have to trust that God has a plan. And that reality is so good because it applies to the times when we really have to, like, white-knuckle our way in our trust of God. You know, God, I don't like this season, but I trust that you have a plan. And then as we get into being able to say yes to things and to say no to things— that we have that same truth, that same understanding that God has a plan for us. But of course, we have to get back to this idea, like I said, of, you know, like God gives us free will, which is a beautiful thing. God doesn't control our lives. 
unless we allow him to. He only wants to control in a good way. He doesn't want to control in a way that takes away our freedom. He wants us to have freedom. But that same freedom is what allows us to confidently pick and choose what we do outside of, you know, what I pick and what I say yes to is who I am. And so then God can really do what he wants to do. God can really use the things that we have going on, the things that we say yes to, in a way that helps us be who he made us to be, and then it really, like, is a good thing for those around us. I'm thinking, too, about a time when I said yes to things that I should not have because I wanted to have a better sense of myself. I was trying to find my identity in what I did. And here's what happens when you say yes to things that you should not. You are not a happy person. You are not a peaceful person. In this particular season that I've written a lot about um, where I was saying yes because I wanted – I was trying to figure out who I was. My kids were getting older. I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, I'm not going to just necessarily – I'm not going to always be a woman who has a bunch of little kids that need to be watched all the time. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to start some new career. Maybe I am. Or work outside the home. Maybe I am. Or continue to stay home. But but the you know, the thing that I had been doing for so many years, a mama to a bunch of little kids, taking a pack of children to the grocery store, you know, taking kids to the park, that was changing. And so I was trying to figure out, well, okay, now what? And so I made decisions kind of without slowing down to consider what I should do of just like, yes, I want to do this and this will look awesome and this will feel good and I'll be, you know, an important part of what's going on here. And what it did was because I was making decisions, you know, kind of out of the wrong energy, so to speak, the wrong motivating factor, is I had a ton of anxiety. I was not a happy person. And hey, when you're not happy inside, you can kind of like spread that unhappiness to those around you. And it's not like I was just like a horrible person. I don't think that people were afraid to be around But I felt angsty all the time. I felt like, you know, drama was just a little bit of part of the deal. And I, like, looking back all these years later, it's not been a lot of years, it's been like five or six now, I can see that the fruit in my life of the decisions I was making and the motivating factors for those decisions was causing a lot of problems. And, you know, this is such a key thing here is the heart of knowing if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing Most of the time, it's looking at the fruit in our life. If the fruit is peace and joy and love, then you're on the right path. If the fruit of your life in this season is anxiety and sadness. Now, crying I take out of the equation because some of us just cry more than others. Some people are like, they'll have a story where they're like, and I cried. And the fact that they cried was a huge deal. I like tend to cry on a regular basis. So tears... I don't like really using the equation as a strong indicator because some people just are criers. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I'm getting a lump in my throat right now thinking about how how crying is just like a part of my life. It's just the emotions of it. Having said that, I'll tell you something. I remember this one day very clearly where um, I was coming out of whatever this bad thing was. It was a tough time. I'm crying thinking about it. Sorry. Sorry to all you listeners who feel painful about this. 
Um, and I was coming out of it because I was starting to recognize that the fruit in my life was not good and I had to make changes. Like I had no interest in living this way anymore. I had hit the wall and I didn't want to do it anymore. I was so like sort of battered and busted at that point um, that I was willing to say no to all the things and I didn't care what reflection it was on my worth. I just wanted to start to feel better. So I pulled back from everything. And I remember one day I was in the kitchen You know, it was back to just kind of like managing my household, caring for my kids, even though they were big, they weren't toddlers, but I'm like, this is what I'm going to do right now. Looking down at the floor, at something on the floor, and one of my kids saying, are you crying? Are you okay? And I realized, I think they had gotten used to me sort of getting angsty, being emotional so much, um, you know, that that had just become part of the deal. That's the fruit in my life was not good. And the thing that's really complicated about this whole concept is that the things I was saying yes to were all really good things. Like it was like volunteer work at a really excellent school, you know, trying to teach students who I love. I was a part of something that was really good, but it wasn't the time and the place that God wanted me to be. It was not where he wanted me to be in that time and place. I don't know why. I still don't quite understand it other than the fruit was not good and I needed to to pull back. I was like giving 100% to something outside of what my primary focus should have been. Um, and because I was motivated by, you know, things other than just wanting to help, I think I wanted to find myself. I wanted to be in part, a part of something important and grand and in the center of something interesting And it just wasn't working out well for me. I had to learn that my worth was not in what I did. And it was like I had gotten a taste of that when I had that bed rest situation. And really, I think when you have a lot of little kids, even if you stay home full time or if you work outside the home or, um, you know, whatever season, this isn't just for moms. This is for anybody. For me, this is, you know, my story is through the lens of being a mom. But, you know, that really we can have a job we love, we can have a job we hate. And the great news is that job doesn't tell us our worth. You know, if you're in a season where you hate going to work, you're just not happy about your job, that's okay. This too shall pass. And who you are as a person is not dictated or defined by that job. And it's not defined by those feelings that you have about that situation. You know, so I got a taste of that when... I went on bed rest and really what I had to offer was literally I'm a human being that's just here. You know, I mean, I felt like that was the extent of what I did in a day um, for for a couple of weeks there. And then here I was again trying to, you know, I'm in this new season and I can work outside. You know, I can do what I want because my kids are bigger. And so I was not prayerfully and mindfully making decisions. I was just sort of trying to do something that was not what I was supposed to be doing. We have to ask God to guide us. Let's get back to that idea of God having a plan. Does God write things on my calendar? No, he does not. But he has a plan for me. How do I know what his plan is? Let's go back to the very first episode of this podcast and this idea of quiet time. It all, it really does come down to prayer. And, you know, I probably will end up saying this in every single episode. Holiness will solve all your problems. Really? Like God's really going to just, he he's going to tell me where he wants me to be at every hour of the day? He's No, he's not. He's not going to lay it out like that. But what he's going to do is be, when we slow ourselves down, when we spend that time in quiet, 
what we start to see is the truth of our identity, and we no longer make decisions about our calendar and about our commitments based on how we want to feel and be seen. We have a confidence in knowing who God made each one of us to be. I know who God made me to be, and the truth of my identity doesn't come from anything other than that relationship with God. And that's a work in progress. It's not like I've just achieved this perfect Zen, but I'm starting to learn that that time in quiet for me, that reset of my focus on God instead of the events of my day or the latest interaction that I had with somebody else, the the number one thing that I'm seeking and listening to is really within that quiet time. And what I get from that is not necessarily an audible voice that says, do this, go there, but a great sense of freedom and peace that just kind of opens me up to say, no, that's not something I need to do because I'm not motivated by, well, who will be there or what will people think if I say no or what will people think if I say yes? I'm really motivated by freedom to kind of say, yes, that will work for me and I'd love to be a part of it or no, that's not something that's going to work for me right now. The other thing we have to remember in the midst of this is our priorities. And this idea, we, I talk about it in the book a little bit. What are my priorities? And, and really asking yourself, what do I want my life to look like? You know, when you feel overcommitted and overwhelmed and frazzled, you really have to take a step back and say, what's going on with my life? When you feel overwhelmed and overcommitted and frazzled, you have to be willing to take a step back and really assess two things. You have to ask yourself, one, what do I want my life to look like? Two, what does my life look like right now? And then you kind of do a little math equation. Okay, what's the difference? You know, you can compare and contrast if you want to do it like that. But really considering, how do I feel at the end of the day? Am I Like, am I glad that day is over? Am I you know, overwhelmed? Am I always feeling under it and anxious? And if that's not how you want to feel, which I would imagine it's not, then you need to kind of make a list of, okay, what is causing this? What am I saying yes to that I should not? And again, prioritizing. Here, for me personally, you know, I am a wife and a mom, and then I have a full-time job. And so those are the three things that are non-negotiable, you know, caring for my husband and my children, getting to work and being a good teacher. And then I have other smaller commitments, but everything has to fit within that. And here's the big thing I think that causes problems um, for us sometimes when we have our major commitments and then all these minor things come in and they sometimes rob us of our peace because it's like, okay, I'm going to provide dinner most nights for my family. Some nights it's cereal, but most times I'm really trying hard. I want to have a home that is peaceful, right? So I have these things that I do practically to care for my family. That doesn't mean I say no to everything because I'm always cleaning my house. But it's like I'm mindful of the fact that if I need to provide dinner for my family and I would like to have, you know, school uniforms clean, I have to always be aware of those priorities in my life and then making sure that I have a space and time for those priorities before I really lean into saying yes to a lot of other things. And then once you kind of get first things first, I like to say, um, once you get that idea, I think a lot of peace comes from that because you can say yes to other things. But again, you're saying yes for the right reasons. And you're saying yes in true freedom, knowing that your priorities have come first. 
and that the other things fit in after that, that you're not trying to squeeze in big things after you've filled your day with a a bunch of minutia. The last thing I want to talk about in this episode is just this concept of discernment versus common sense. And And I've really addressed it through the practical ways that we do that. Discernment is our ability to really have a sense of whether something is good for us or bad for us. And we really can only get that discernment by having a a life of prayer. When we spend that time, like, again, I talk a lot about quiet, and I have learned that that I truly believe in this concept of quiet contemplation. But I know that, you know, we all have different ways that we feel connected to God. And so, but really just learning what that way is for you. Like, for me, I've learned that quieting my brain and settling in and sitting in silence. And it's not like God audibly talks to me on a regular basis, but that I start to learn how to you know, close my brain, silence all the outside external noises that I hear that want to speak to me of the truth of my existence, the things I do, the things on my calendar, um, and that I have a place deep within me that is just where God and I resign. And it's just such reside. And it's such a beautiful, life-giving interaction, because then I start to have that sense of like, yes, that's a good idea, or no, that's a bad idea. So that's kind of discernment. We could go all into discernment. There's much more to be said about that, but that's like a basic overview. Discernment really comes from a life of prayer. And then there's common sense, and that gets back to my experience of lots of tears and lots of stress and lots of anxiety, and also that ability to say, you know what? Right now, my priorities in life are caring for my husband and caring for my children. This is probably not the season in my life that I'm going to take off for three to four months to hike the Appalachian Trail. It's common sense, right? Um, And again, that's unique to everybody. It's possible that you've done that and it worked great. But, you know, it's like if you're you're a full-time nurse, it's possible common sense would dictate maybe now is not the time to do, you know, something that's going to take a lot of time that just practically does not fit on your schedule. So we use the brain God gave us, which is always a good thing. And then we really fight to spend that time in prayer. And, you know, if, again, I think probably every episode will end with the same thing, but just this idea of like fighting for that time to pray, looking at your calendar, and in the same way that you would decide, you know, what time you're going to go to the gym if you're really into workout or if you're, what time do I need to start making dinner? Looking at your day and saying, okay, when can I spend a little bit of time with a focus on God? Because the more you do that, the more you are aware of his presence throughout your whole day. And it's not this thing where, okay, here's my God time. Here's my little slot for God. And then I'm off doing my thing the rest of the day. Is you really become more aware of his presence throughout every part of your day. And all that can do is give you more strength in what you're supposed to do and more peace in knowing what you should and shouldn't do. God has a plan for you. He's with you throughout every part of your day. And the things that you're doing, they're really done for his glory. Um, And when we kind of approach our day in that way, we have such a great sense of peace. You know, everything I'm doing, everything I'm saying yes for, it's because God loves me and I'm doing it for him. And I know if you're rolling your eyes at that and it sounds like super over the top, I appreciate that, but it's true. The thing I'm saying is true. The thing you are doing is the thing God wants you to do, and you can give him glory in it right now. I want to end this episode with a prayer that I included in the book, Overcommitted, and it is by John of the Cross, and it just perfectly speaks to 
this special sacred place that we go where we find our true identity. Courage then, O soul most beautiful, you know now that your beloved, whom you desire, dwells hidden within your breast. Strive, therefore, to be truly hidden with him, and then you shall embrace him and be conscious of his presence with loving affection. Consider also that he bids you, by the mouth of Isaiah, to come to his secret hiding place, saying, Go enter into your chambers, shut your doors upon you, that is, all your faculties, so that no created thing shall enter. Be hid a little for a moment, that is, for the moment of this mortal life. For if now during this life, which is short, you will, with all watchfulness, keep your heart, as the wise man says, God will assuredly give you, as he promised by the prophet Isaiah, hidden treasures and mysteries of secrets. The substance of these secrets is God himself, for he is the substance of the faith and the object of it, and the faith is the secret of the mystery. And when that which the faith conceals shall be revealed and made manifest, that is the perfection of God, as St. Paul says, when that which is perfect is come. Then shall be revealed to the soul the substance and mysteries of these secrets. I want to thank you so much for listening to episode two of Overcommitted. I am Rachel Balducci, and I hope that God blesses the rest of your day.